Podcast Answer Man, episode number 254. Entertaining, educational, and encouraging content that makes a difference. This is GSPN.TV. Join the community. Hey, this is Rick, co-founder and CEO of Blog World New Media Expo, and you're listening to the Podcast Answer Man. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Podcast Answer Man. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft, and this is the podcast about podcasting, helping you take your show to the next level. It doesn't matter if you're a brand new podcaster, if you have been podcasting for many years, or you haven't quite yet released that first episode, there's something we can all do to take our show to the next level. And my friends, taking our show to the next level oftentimes means taking our audience size to the next level, building our brand, growing our reach into the world with our message, and of course, adding new subscribers to our podcast. This is one of the most frequent questions I am ever asked, and I am finally releasing episode 254 how to build your audience or market your podcast. Today, I'm going to give you at least 20 ideas. I have way more than that, but I'm gonna give you at least 20 ideas of things that you need to think about when building your brand, building your audience, marketing your podcast to the world. But before we get into that and many other wonderful things that are gonna be included in this week's show, I wanna start off, as I usually do, with our random plug of the week. And this week's random plug of the week goes out to my great friend and, yes, another podcast mastermind member, Dustin Hartzler. Dustin Hartzler does a podcast that you definitely want to go and subscribe to. It is called Your Website Engineer. You can find it over at yourwebsiteengineer.com if you are like me or if you at least follow my advice for those of you who are into the world of podcasting. Uh, then chances are you're using WordPress. And it doesn't matter how skilled you are, I can guarantee you that Dustin Hartzler, he has an intense focus. His entire brand, his entire um, well business, honestly, is around the world of WordPress. So just like I am the go-to guy or one of the go-to guys for podcasting, because, and specifically audio podcasting, I would say, you know, Dustin Hartzler, if you want to, you could say he's a WordPress answer man. Really great guy. Check it out, yourwebsiteengineer.com. He has 68 amazing episodes online. I'll just name four of those episodes. Episode number 61 was Hidden Features in WordPress. Episode 58 was How to Add an Admin User to Your WordPress Database. Episode 56 was How to Create a Favicon for Your Website. Episode 43, WordPress E-Commerce Solutions. Um, there's so much more that uh, Dustin Hartzler has over there. Go check it out, yourwebsiteengineer.com. Do me a favor. I, I when, you fi- when you fall in love with the podcast and you finally reach out to Dustin and say, man, I am so glad I found you. Do me a favor and tell him you heard about him from the Podcast Answer Man. All right, next thing we're going to do here is we're going to just jump right into this big question. How do you build your brand? How do you build your audience? How do you market your podcast? How do you increase the size of your audience? And just to give you the kind of questions that are coming in, the way people froze, uh, froze, the we... (laughs) (laughs) The way people phrase the question, I've got two calls that have been sitting around here waiting for me to approach this. We're going to first turn over to Scott and see how he asked the question. Scott, take it away. Hi, this is Scott from Rational Public Radio, and I'm calling for Podcast Answer Man. I was wondering if you could give a few pointers on how to market podcasts successfully. We've just published our 11th show as of this uh, time, and... I was hoping you give some hints on how to expand our reach. Thanks. Sure thing, Scott. And here is another question, and this question comes in from John Paul. So, John Paul, take it away. Hi, Cliff. This is John Paul Summers with the Missionary Family Podcast. 
Um, I just wanted to ask you a question about listenership and, and social networking and basically how to increase our listenership. We've been podcasting for, I guess, a little over a month and a half. We've been di- diligent putting out two episodes a week. We're at episode 15, and we just want to know what we need to do that we're not doing because we started out kind of strong with about, you know, our first episode has almost 200 plays, just that one. And then the listenership has dwindled to where in our last episodes, we've only had like nine plays. Um, and so we gotten really excited about it and it seems to be dwindling. So what can we do um, to increase our podcast? That's with the missionary family.com. If you want to go check it out and, you know, I guess, see what we've been doing uh if you have any suggestions so thank you man i I listen faithfully and uh thanks for all that you do god bless you brother all right john paul and also scott thank you very much for these questions and i tell you i i hear the same question over and over and over again and i oftentimes hear a lot of the same things you know we started out when we first launched we had x number of subscribers and Gosh, we've been podcasting for, you know, sometimes it's weeks, sometimes it's months, sometimes it's years. You know, I actually, I I had somebody who told me, you know, Cliff, I have, uh, you know, we just celebrated our 200th podcast episode and I feel absolutely horrible about the fact that we have more episode, we have more individual episodes than we do subscribers to the podcast. And my thinking is, Wow. Um, You haven't been doing a whole lot to market that podcast, have you? Unless, you know, but the thing is, this week is not the week I'm going to talk about what is a good number for the number of downloads to your podcast. There could be a a time when having 200 subscribers to your podcast is an awesome thing, that it is actually on target for your goals. I can tell you for the person who told me this, though, they were literally sick to their stomach. They wanted, you know, they, they would have preferred to have you know, 100,000 subscribers to their podcast, but there were at least 25 reasons why they may never have more than 200 subscribers to their podcast. And and uh, I'm not even going to go into that one right now, but here's what I'm going to do. I am going to share with you some proven things that I know for a fact help people build an audience, help people market their podcast to get the word out. First and foremost, I am going to tell you that I believe personally that it is so important to narrow down and find a specific niche focus for your podcast. You know, you could do a sports podcast. That's that's a very general thing. We're just going to talk about sports. Chances are some people love one sport more than another sport. So you could actually narrow it down to football, baseball, uh, soccer, or whatever sport, you know, not just general sports, but narrow it down to a specific sport. You want to even get more, you want to have at least a, a little bit more traction. I think you'd find a little bit more success if you actually went down and narrowed it down even further, such as a podcast, you know, devoted to the Green Bay Packers, a podcast uh, devoted to the Boston Red Sox, a podcast devoted to high school football in this county in Texas. You know, these are this is how you build a a radical community of people who are super fans of a specific niche. And I will tell you uh, that, you know, you may not get into your hundreds of thousands, depending on what that how big of an audience there is for that niche community. But when it comes to high school football in, you know, whatever county in Texas you know, chances are you could probably find a way to make a career out of your podcasting with 1,000 super fans. And, and when you, especially when you figure, you know, you're, you, that, that high school, uh, football podcast, uh, you know, in a, in a big town, in a big county in Texas, chances are you could find sponsors. I mean, you could be the go-to guy. I mean, it, so narrow your niche as far down as you can go. I, you know, I, this is this isn't just new media. I don't talk about just new media. I am the podcast answer man. I'm not the YouTube answer man. I'm not the Facebook fan page answer man. I'm not the social media answer man. I am the podcast answer man. And not only that, but specifically, I focus on audio podcasts. And at, when when people talk about audio podcasts, my name typically comes up somewhere in the conversation. And the next one I'm going to talk about. So that was I'm not going to number these, but the next one I'm going to talk about is 
uh, passion. I absolutely believe that you should be podcasting about something that you are passionate about. One of the things that I heard, I believe it was from John Paul, is that, man, when we got started, we were really excited and we 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 were getting around 200 downloads per episode. Chances are you're really excited telling the world, trying to get the word out about your podcast. A bunch of people checked it out. And then all of a, but but then you said, and then all of a sudden now we're down to about nine people downloading the show. And, you know, I have to ask, you know, nine people downloading each of the MP3 files. How many of those downloads are you? And if you have a co-host, your co-host and, you know, a family friend or two. And so the question is, is, is this something you're passionate about? Because for me, when I'm passionate about it, number one, it gets me through the times when maybe things aren't going exactly the way I want them to go. And number two, I can't stop talking about it. You know, I go out I go out into public and people talk about the Hunger Games and I get really excited about the Hunger Games. And by the end of the conversation, I can tell you right now, I've convinced them to go out and buy the Hunger Games trilogy, the books. And I tell them that you need to go to HungerGamesPodcast.com and 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 check out the podcast and and sometimes it depends on if they know what a podcast is sometimes i just say you need to come check out my online radio show that we do devoted to the hunger games just go to hungergamespodcast.com and i write it down on a piece of paper and i said you can listen to it right from the website and and that's because i'm passionate about the topic i'm telling the world anytime I can. I'm passionate about podcasting. I tell people about podcast answer, man. I'm passionate about virtual assistants. And I whenever it comes up, I say, go to virtualassistantpodcast.com. You know, and so I, I podcast about things that I'm passionate about. That's that so that's another one. Number uh, another uh, thing you can do is make sure that you understand why you're podcasting in the first place. You know, have you thought about your mission statement or a purpose for your podcast? Why are you doing it? Because if you don't have a mission and if you don't have a purpose, it's hard to have that momentum, that determination to go out and do all of the, and I will say it, hard work and investment of time, sweat, energy, whatever you want to call it, into building your brand. You know, uh, we're going to get into this in just a little bit, but it's not about build it and, come, and they will come. And what you need to do to get through all of the things it's going to take for you to build your audience, it is, it is, it, it helps to have a mission and a purpose in mind that, that there's a good reason it, deep down in your soul why you want to produce this podcast. For some people, it's it's a message that they want to share with the world, a message of hope, a message of deliverance from from addiction. It, it, some, for some people, it's a mission to monetize and bring in an income. And, I, you know, there are some people who don't like that, some people who are completely cool with it. So, but but it it helps to understand what is my motivation for podcasting. So certainly I suggest that you learn that. You, what, what, what is my mission for this show? The next thing I want to tell you is know who your target audience is. All right. For me, I know who I'm looking for. I, I'm, I, when I think about who do I want to listen to Podcast Answer Man, I have in my mind exactly the audience I'm looking for. I know exactly what kind of people those are, how, you know, what kind of business they're involved in. I know exactly how much money these people could spend on a podcast if they were to learn about podcasting and understand its value. I know I have a very specific target audience that I have in my mind. And when I'm recording this podcast, I'm speaking specifically to those individuals. Now, here's the cool thing is I have my target audience, but I'm so but I'm still appealing to a much larger, broader audience. My target audience is not hobbyists. I do not my target audience audience is not somebody who just wants to create a podcast for, as a hobby. Do I am I is my content appealing to those who want to con to want who want to podcast as a hobby? Absolutely. And they are listening to the show. We have hundreds, if not maybe a thousand hobbyists listening to this podcast. But it's not my target audience. And that's okay. But when you know your target audience, this is such a critical thing. It doesn't limit you from anybody else but it does help you know where to go and look for people. It's hard to go look for people when you don't know who you're looking for. So understand who your target audience is, and then that can help you determine the the, the next thing, which is where are 
these people hanging out, whether that be online or locally at chamber, you know, events and and all the other, uh, you know, networking clubs or wherever the, you know, these meetings are. Where do these people hang out? The people who are in my target audience, where can I go and find them? And then let me go find those people and tell them about me. Tell them about my brand. Tell them about what I'm producing and 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 inform them and get them introduced to the content. So know your target audience. It's hard to find somebody when you don't know who you're looking for. And and by the way, your target audience isn't all Christians. Your tar- you know, I remember one per- one person came to me and says, you know, I- I'm going to create a show. And the reason why I po- want a podcast is because I just want to share my knowledge of what I've gained from reading the scriptures. And, you know, I- you know, my target audience is pretty much anybody, uh, you know, those who have grown up in the church all their lives and have a deep love for the scriptures. And it could also appeal for somebody who hates the church and doesn't understand the scriptures, but I'm going to help them. You know, pretty much anybody. And matter of fact, it could be for Christians. It could be for non-Christians. It, my friends, that is not under. That is not a target audience. That you want to narrow this stuff down. Get very detailed about who your target audience is. Okay, so there you go. That's know your target audience. The the other key point I want to Brent come back to: build it, and they will come. Usually, does not work in podcasting. Now that there are some. Uh, exceptions to this rule, and I've certainly had a couple of them, and and actually I can even strategically create a build it and they will come uh, situation. But also, but but the thing is, is sometimes I confuse that with build it and they will come. But the the fact is, is like for example, my Hunger Games fan podcast, it has gone through the roof. I mean, you would not believe what's going on. Well, you would because the movie's coming out now. Uh, but uh, my Hunger Games fan podcast is through the roof. But but the thing is, is I spent probably about uh, 30 hours building an audience of about 6,000 brand new subscribers to that podcast via Twitter. And, it, and was it worth 30 hours of my time? Yes, because those 6,000 people were out there telling the world about my podcast. And, and, it, and it's working. It was worth every bit of that 30 hours. So... Build it and they will come usually doesn't doesn't work out. Some especially when you have a super small niche and when those when that small niche is not necessarily pot, you know technically savvy, which which by the way it, it is possible to build an audience around a niche where the target audience is not necessarily ones who would easily understand how podcasting works. But we're gonna move forward. Um, I'm, I I. I be people would be upset if I didn't tell you this. Obviously, one of the things you'll want to do when you do build that podcast and quote unquote think that they will come, you, you at least you want to make sure that you're submitting your RSS feed for the podcast into the various podcast directories. Uh, the four that I recommend that you or actually there are three that you must not overlook: iTunes, Zoom, BlackBerry. Um, if you go to um, podcastanswerman.com slash submit iTunes. I think that'll take you right to where you can submit that, your RSS feed there. Um, if you email Rob, R-O-B, at Zune, Z-U-N-E dot net, Rob at Zune dot net, and in the subject line, say, please add me to the directory. And then in the email uh, to Rob, just say, hey, Cliff over at Podcast Answer Man said, if I gave you my RSS feed, you'd put me in the Zune podcast directory. Uh, do that. You must. Um, and then go to uh, podcastanswerman.com slash submit BlackBerry, and that'll take you to the podcast submission portal for BlackBerry's podcast directory. And if you can get in, go to stitcher.com for Stitcher Radio, and I, I think there's a link somewhere for content creators at the bottom, and you can sign up for an account, and it, they they actually will evaluate your podcast whether or not they let you in. But go ahead and get that and and try that. The next thing I want to tell you is content is king. This is what everybody will tell you, and I don't disagree with it. All right, um, I I do believe there's something that's equally as important and sometimes more important. We'll get to that in a minute. But let's just go ahead and talk about content is king. First and foremost, you must create high value. Can't live without content. Every episode should be packed with information where at the end of the episode, the person listening to your show says, wow, I am so glad I heard that episode. 
And it would be preferable if at the end of the episode, they not only say, wow, I am so thankful I took the time to listen to that episode and I know at least one other person that needs to hear this. You know, it create high value, can't live without content. It goes a very long way. The other thing is, is uh, passion and entertainment and enthusiasm goes a long way. My friends, listen to my voice. Listen to the way that I talk. You know, you don't have to mimic me. And by the way, don't try, all right? Because you have to find your own way to to have an entertaining way of speaking to your audience. You don't want to try to mimic somebody else directly. But I can tell you right now, this would be a whole different podcast if I was doing And the next thing that you want to do is you want to uh, understand that content is king. You know, uh, one of the things that you want to do is create high value content uh, because you you'd it'd be great if at the end of your episode that the people who are listening to your show, they would actually say to themselves, you know, I'm, I'm really glad I listened to that episode. And uh, and it would be even better if they were to want to share that with somebody. You know, you you really have to understand that entertainment goes a long way. You know, I can't, I, no, no, you want, you want to draw people in. Enthusiasm should not be overlooked. Another thing, keep it positive. I can't tell you how many times I've turned on a podcast and completely dumped it because they're like, well, I don't have a lot to share with you this week. It's been a very slow week. Blah, blah, blah. My name is Eeyore. Thanks for noticing me. No, keep it positive. You know, I, 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 li- I like to always focus on the positive. I like to focus on things that are going to move us forward. You know, there's plenty of, all you have to do is go and turn on the TV at 11 o'clock on any network channel, and there's plenty of negative there. P- people are not starving for negative. You know what people are starving for? They're starving for hope. They're starving for positive messages. The thing that's what people are drawn to, and so keep it positive. And the other one, of course, for content is king, is prepare ahead of time. I don't know if you guys know this. I I spent more than I spent more than two hours so far preparing for podcast answer man episode two fifty four. More than two hours this morning have already been put into this show, into this episode, and and there's so much more I could say for content. But content is king, create high value, can't live without content that's entertaining, enthusiastic, positive, that you've prepared ahead of time, and people are going to want to listen to it, all right? The next one is my favorite, my friends. Content is king. I won't argue with it, but I'll tell you what, I'm married, okay? And and sometimes I would love to think that I am the king of this house, but uh, I will tell you what, Audio quality, my friends, is queen, and if you're married like me, you know sometimes the queen will trump the king, and when it comes to audio co- uh, quality, I love the conversation that I have with my good with my good friend, Mignon Fogarty. Uh, some of you may know her for, as Grammar Girl, also the owner of the Quick and Dirty Tips podcast network, and when she and I sat down and had a conversation, this is what she had to say. Um, I think I had listened to them early on when they didn't have their sound quality and I had dismissed them because I'm really picky about my sound. Oh, I love to hear that. I won't listen Did to you a, hear that, folks? <laughs> I won't listen to a podcast that has bad audio, even if it's very interesting. Even if the content is amazing, my friends, if it's bad audio quality, it's going out the window. We're dumping you. You're out here. Sayonara. See you later. Don't even try it. Uh, bad audio quality is not going to get you very far in building your audience. And audio, so content is king. Keep all of those things in mind. But man, I will tell you what, creating a great sounding show uh, oftentimes can help overlook some of the poor quality of your content. Just saying. Anyway, the next thing I'm going to tell you is build relationships with your current audience. You know, I hear somebody who, like John Paul say, you know, hey, I, you know, right now we're getting about nine downloads per episode. And my question would be, okay, out of those nine, um, I would make it a goal to know the first and last name of at least five of those nine people. You know, 
what is the first and last name and one other personal detail? What, where do these people live? What are these people doing? Why, how did they find your show? Uh, why do they listen to your show? You know, get to know those people. What are, what is the interest of those people? What would they love to hear you talk about on your show? More, but, but, but more than making it about your show, what can you just learn about them? What do they like? What are their fears? What are their hobbies? Uh, what do they do for a living? You know, what's going on in their lives? Build authentic, genuine relationships with those people in your audience. And I will tell you what, you 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 take of those nine people downloading your show each week, John Paul, and you turn five of those people into amazing relationships. And I guarantee you, it's not just you that are out there trying to market your podcast and build your audience. Those five people will be as well. I can tell you right now, I have amazing relationships with my audience. At least 10 to 20% of all of my audience, of all of my podcasts, I have an amazing relationship. I literally could go into this this program I have. It's called High Rise. It's a client relationship management software. And I can tell you right now, I have thousands, thousands of first and last names and hundreds of personal details about some people and at least 10 to 15 personal facts and details I could tell you about other people. And what happens is if somebody emails me that hasn't emailed me in four years, I can actually pull up an email that they send me today. I can go into high rise and I can see the all the conversations and the important details that I've pulled out about those relationships and those conversations I had four years ago. And I can easily say, hey, How'd things work out with your mom? How did things work out at the hospital? How did things work out with that situation? Did you get that new job? Did you end up uh, starting your own business? How did things work out? I mean, you'd be surprised when people haven't emailed you for nine months, 12 months, and they know you have tens of thousands of subscribers around the world, and all of a sudden they email you out of the blue and you write back with a question and you bring in something that you learned about them from months or years ago and just watch what happens to those relationships. And I do it not to manipulate relationships. I do it because I really do care about the people. And that's another thing. So not just build relationships with your current audience, but build relationships because you want to build relationships, not because you want to build your show. All right. People will people will be able to sniff you a mile away when all you care about is growing your brand. So just know that ahead of time. Um, your motivation uh, it, it go, is, is, is a lot of the formula and the equation there that you need to be uh, mindful of. All right, so the next one that I want to do is include the, include the voice of your audience in your shows whenever possible. That's one of the reasons why I love Podcast Answer Man, bringing in the audio f- feedback. You got to hear Scott's voice. You got to hear John Paul's voice. You hear me talk about Dustin Hartzler. You hear me talk about Katie Davis. You hear me talk about Connie and Sheila. You hear me talk about people bringing in their names, mentioning people in your community, talking about them, thanking them publicly, all of these things that you could be doing. But include your audience in your show whenever possible. And if you can, include their voice. I can't even begin to tell you how excited I was the very first time that Ryan and Jenna Zawa actually played my audio feedback in their podcast. This was before I ever launched my own podcast. And I was looking at Ryan and Jen as they were celebrities. And all of a sudden, they had this massive podcast. And I was super passionate about the same thing that they were podcasting about, which is the television show Lost. I had a major blog, you know, a lot of blog emphasis on my blogging at the time about it. And they linked back to my blog post and they played my voicemail feedback and I felt like the king of the world. And, and it kind of established immediately a relationship with them that that still lasts strong to this day. And of course, my thoughts and prayers are with Jen. Um, and if you guys in the podcasting community are not aware of this, I've learned that um, Jen has been diagnosed with breast cancer and that they have publicly shared that out on the social media spaces and in their podcast. So keep them in mind if you get a chance. I And I'm such a horrible person. This week I learned about it um, early on this week and I still haven't reached out to them. But thoughts and prayers go out to Jen Ozawa as they're dealing with this. And uh, I, I ask that you guys share your thoughts and prayers and, and reach out to them as well if you know them as well. 
Anyway, so include the voice of your audience. Establish and build meaningful relationships of shared value with other content creators. So not just reaching out to your audience, but what about other content creators and thought leaders in your niche in industry in your niche focus or in your industry. So for me, I like to build relationship with other podcasters. For me, uh, you know, if I if I was doing a Christian ministry uh, missionary podcast, I would have I would try to build meaningful relationships with other podcasters who are podcasting about missionary work. I would try to create relationships with other bloggers who are blogging about missionary work. I would do my best to highlight and and promote those other people. The one of the greatest ways we find success in life is when our life is devoted to helping other people achieve success. And so make it your goal to make other people in your niche industry successful and watch what happens with the with the the theory of reciprocity. Just go look that up. The theory of reciprocity. All right. Um you know I I I'm just going to throw this one out there. Create keyword rich written show notes for each episode. Uh, create titles that compel people to want to click to listen to your episode. SEO, search engine optimization. Some of those things really, they come naturally to me. I don't focus on them a whole lot. I prefer to to think about the relational aspects of things, but certainly there are other people out there that just go nuts over search engine optimization keywords and blah, 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 blah. Honestly, I, I know every bit of that's important. I do a lot of it just naturally. And uh, you're not going to hear me talk a whole lot about the SEO stuff, at least not right away. And uh, chances are, if I, if I do think it's important enough to bring it people on board, I'll just bring p- experts to come and talk about it. And I will kind of just go blah, 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 blah in the back of my head because it, it just it, I, so many other things are just more important to me than search engine optimization and showing up in the first page of Google and all that stuff. I know it's important to a lot of people and relationships are just much more important to me. So, uh, but anyway, keyword rich written show notes for each episode, you know, gets better traction in Google search engines, blah, blah, blah. You get the whole picture. Go search, go do some research on some SEO. But I would certainly focus on all this other stuff that I'm talking about way before you even work on SEO because it does no good to have great SEO, drive a lot of traffic to your site, and you don't have all this other stuff where people want to listen to you. So that's something to keep in mind as well. Uh, Let's see here. The next one is making yourself newsworthy. Episode number 226 of Podcast Answer Man. You can go to podcastanswerman.com forward slash newsworthy. All one word. Uh, Of course, it's only one word. But anyway, podcastanswerman.com forward slash newsworthy. Go check out that episode. I did an interview with Joel Bogus and Pei Kang. Uh, husband and wife team that just absolutely knock it out of the park when it comes to getting uh, recognized in television, in newspaper, and in local traditional broadcast radio. And they are building their audience like gangbusters through traditional media. Right after that interview, episode number 226 went out. Um, just just look at the following episodes. Go go look for the show notes for episode 227, 228, 229. You'll see tons of people who were inspired by that and all of a sudden got docu- television documentaries. Anna Sophia Reinhardt from FightingAnorexia.com. She actually got an entire doc- television documentary about her and her podcast. Seriously. Making yourself newsworthy. That's a whole topic all in and of itself and it's back in episode 226. Go check it out. Another thing you can do is interview others in your niche field. You know, like I said, promote what other people are doing, bring experts, bring thought leaders, bring them into your podcast and promote them to your audience and and just build them up what they're doing, give them a voice in the world. And of course, you do this enough and hopefully eventually people will begin asking you to be a guest on their shows. I personally do one to three podcast interviews per week. That's me being invited on other people's shows. Michael Stelzner, social media examiner, reached hundreds of thousands of new people that had never heard of me before. Uh, MichaelHyatt.com blogged about me recently, reached about 200,000 people who had never heard about me before. 
Um, David Sight Garland, Garland put me out there. Tens of thousands of people who had never heard of me. Mixergy.com just, I think it was a week and a half ago, two weeks ago. Andrew Warner put me out there. Yeah, let's just put it this way. It is huge when you have a story that's inspiring and you're creating and you're doing things that are making a positive difference in the world, people begin to say, you know what, I want to highlight what you're doing to my audience and they've been spending years building their audience and now they trust you and your message enough to share with their audience and and you want to build yourself to a place where you've got something of such value that other people want to share what you're doing with other people and that always comes when your life is all about serving other people and helping them find success all right so be a guest on other people's shows interview people on your show i recommend however don't invite yourself onto other people's show there's i'll be honest it 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 still turns me off it's a biggest one of the it's one of my least favorite emails I ever receive when somebody says, hi, I just found your show or I've been listening to you for a couple months. And by the way, I would be great as a guest on your show. It, it totally turns me off and, and it and it hampers any potential relationship that could have been built right out of the gate. I'm not saying it makes it impossible, but man, it's not the it's not the way I want to start a relationship with somebody. Somebody who automatically puts me in a position to where I have to say, I don't know you and therefore I don't yet trust you with my audience. And I hate to be put in that position, but that's the way I view it. All right. So anyway, uh, I, I'm not going to go into press releases because I never do them. Well, actually, I did do them once. I had somebody who knew how to do them, do them for me. And by the way, it got me so much publicity and press that it was out of this world. I ended up being on ABC News Radio uh, several different times. I was on the front page of my local Cincinnati Inquirer newspaper. I was on a bunch of radio stations and the uh, locals WCPO uh, ABC affiliate news put me on the 11 o'clock news because of one uh, press release. And we happened to do a, a a series finale lost party where we had people from all over the world. We rep, uh, um, we uh, uh, reserved an entire restaurant at the Hilton Hotel and, and completely closed down the place just to have a lost party. Uh, with people all over the world. That was pretty cool. Press releases can be effective, I suppose. Uh, it was the only time I ever did them. Maybe I should do more. But uh, find somebody that knows how to do press releases. But again, don't do a press release until you got the other stuff, until you have that content, all right, that that, you, that people want to subscribe to. Um, participate in online communities in your niche field. Uh, find online forums. Find Facebook fan pages. Find... Um, Well, just find places where people in your target area are already a part of other online communities or offline communities and participate in those communities and don't be a spammer. Don't be one of those lousy people who comes in just to introduce yourself and all you can do is talk about you and your brand and link back to your site all day long. No, pick one or two places and become a member of that community, providing value to that community. And as people come to know, like, and trust you, they will become curious more about you. The more you help them, the more they will want to investigate who you are and what you've got going on. And they will naturally be curious and they'll ask you. And then you've got permission to tell them about your brand. Use social media to build authentic relationships with others uh, and with your audience. Um, I, gosh, I, I could go on forever with that. In fact, I w- if you want to, just go to socialmediaserenity.com. Uh, again, that's social media. I'm going to let me just do it here. Link SMS because that I have a text expander in here. 119 episodes of that podcast are online. Episodes of and of course, I loaded up and had the audio playing anyway. But uh, 119 episodes of Social Media Serenity. It's all about building relationships through social media with with your community. And uh, I encourage you to check it out and become pretty much involved in in social media. Uh, for me, a lot of things that have happened as a result of speaking at events. Uh, so for me, I, I've gone to a lot of pod camps. I've gone to Blog World. I've gone to Catholic New Media Celebration. Uh, I, I, new media events. I love and I love going and speaking at these and telling people about my passion for podcasting. 
and I don't go there with a big old banner for actually I, yeah I do I wear my my logo shirt and and stuff like that but anyway but I go there to give value to people and speaking at events has oftentimes led a lot of people to say wow what an inspiring story man this guy ha- has a lot to offer in this area I want to follow him so speaking at events is another way you can do this and then of course I want to uh talk to you about educating your audience on the benefits of subscribing to your podcast. So for example, you said, you know, hey, about 200 people originally started checking us out and now we're down to about nine people. Well, one of the things that you could do is you could actually talk to people about the benefits of subscribing to a podcast. Many of your people out there don't even have a clue what a podcast is. They have no clue that they could get it on their cell phone. They have no clue they could get new episodes delivered to them. And so um, you should create tutorials perhaps in something like podcastanswerman.com slash iTunes. Go check it out. There's a video tutorial about how you can use iTunes. I should actually be creating a, a, I need to create a video on how to use Pocket Cast to to get our show uh, delivered automatically to your cell phone and get a push notification every time we get a new episode released. Uh, I I still haven't got around to doing that. But uh, certainly take some time to educate your audience about what a podcast is, not in your show, but on your site. And then tell people at the end of your show about it and, and just link them to that place on your website. Anyway, Educate your audience on the benefits of subscribing to a podcast and teach them how to do it, all right? And then, of course, create a mailing list to keep in contact with your community. Uh, you know, this is something that I, I came to late in the game, but man, I'm so glad that I've done it. There, the, you know, People are going to come, they're going to subscribe to your podcast, and they may still be subscribed to your podcast, and they may have downloaded the last 18 episodes, and they haven't listened to any of them. But you know what? You send them an email because they're subscribed to your mailing list, and guess what? There is a very good chance that that email is gonna land in their inbox and they're gonna read it. And it may just be the thing that's necessary to get them. It's like, oh, wow, I'm glad he pulled, you know what? I got so far behind, I kinda just gave up listening for a while because, you know you know what? I am so glad he wrote and said, I just did this episode and you must listen to it. And, and for some of those people, maybe they'll go back and listen to all the episodes they miss. Maybe that'll be what they need to actually just say, you know what, I'm going to delete all, you know, the last 17 of the last 18 episodes. I'm going to listen to this latest episode that he just emailed me about. And I'm just going to make sure that I keep up and move, listen, moving forward, whatever it takes. But I'll tell you what, there's so much value to having a mailing list so that you can email people when you want to. My friends, that is at least 20. I actually, I think I shared more than 20 ways that you can build your audience or market your podcast. And I certainly, certainly hope that that helps. And with that set being said, my friends, we are now going to turn things over for a little bit over to our social media correspondent. We have a social media update from Eric J. Fisher. Eric, what do you have for us this week? Well, this week we're going to talk about Facebook launching interest lists. What in the world is an interest list? Well, an interest list on Facebook is pretty much a Twitter list on Twitter. But on Facebook. (laughs) Gotcha. So it's pretty much a Twitter list on Facebook. Pretty much. Well, tell me about the article that we're looking at. Where does it come from and and, uh, what's the basic premise of it? Sure. Well, this is a list, or sorry, it's a blog post from HubSpot, and it's called Facebook Launches Interest Lists, Why Should Marketers Care? All right. Is a little bit of an explanation about what interest lists are, how to you how do you create them, what they're for, where you see them, et cetera. And then how can you kind of optimize them for your uh, marketing benefit? What is it as a podcaster? How are these interest lists going to work for us? So an interest list, I you showed me this article. We went and found it. Uh, where in the world do these interest lists show up? Okay, well, and you and I have tested. We have access. Some people may not find them yet, but if you where you would find them is you go log into Facebook, look over to the far left bottom. If you don't see it, click more, and then you should see it there. And you should see... Uh, subscriptions as well as a button called add interests you're on the main home page just facebook.com where your timeline and and all that other stuff and your news feed is happening over on the left hand side it says for me it says favorites groups apps friends and then eventually you have to click more and then there's interests 
And I did notice that there's this little button that says add interest. So sure enough, we went and clicked the add interest button. And one of the things that I noticed is that there's already a bunch of items that are there uh, seemingly that are, are promoted for us. Like, for example, I see social media news. So I could just click on subscribe to that. Uh, Facebook experts and resources by Mary Smith. Now, uh, Mary Smith is a recognized authority in Facebook as far as I'm concerned. So I would certainly subscribe to that. And there are other obvious uh, lists that are in there and, and are being, I, I guess, would you say moderated? They're being facilitated. How do you, how would you curate it? Yeah, they're being curated. They're also um, showing up as suggestions based on uh, how many people have subscribed to them. Exactly. So if you want to create your own list, what do you do, Eric? Well, like, like we said, you go to the left, log into Facebook, go to your left, go to the add interests, click on that, and it'll take you to the keep up with interest, with your interests. And it'll let you either create a list or subscribe to existing lists where there are suggestions. You can search for lists. If you want to create a list, you click create list, and then all the different pages that you like show up or any of these subscriptions to people Mm-hmm. or any of your friends. So you can throw all those different, those three different key pieces into the mix, as well as then below that, there's categories that you can then go browse and select things that you aren't already following or liking or subscribing to. Now, here's the thing. You know, b- back when we had a lot of gspn.tv shows and we had about seven different gspn.tv co-hosts, I had created a personal list for myself called um, gspn.tv community co-hosts. And I would put myself, Stephanie, Sarah Rader, you, Andy Traub, you know, just DG Hollams, all of our co-hosts, I would, right. I would add to that list. And it was kind of like that was an interest. It was an interest yeah. that was that was a unique niche of, of, of people who were producing content on the web. And it was kind of cool to keep up with them. But I wasn't able to share that list with any of my friends. I wasn't able to say, you know, hey, subscribe to this list. But right. with interest list, I could create the same list. And instead of making it my own private list, I can now make it an interest list, which is subscribable by anybody else out there. And that's the great thing is, is now you can create these lists of uh, curated around a specific topic or a specific group of people for your own interest, as well as to then share out to others. Right. Now, here's one thing that uh, we have found as we have studied this this morning in great detail, because we are all about the research for you guys, my friends. But (laughs) (laughs) actually, we spent about 10 minutes. Uh, But anyway, one of the things that we do recognize is when it came to me personally building my own private list, as long as I was friends with Eric Fisher and DG Hollams and Andy Traub and and all these other really cool, awesome people, I could add them to my personal list. No problem at all. But here's the deal. What if Andy Traub does not have a subscribe button? Or, or if, Eric, if you don't have the subscribe feature turned on on your personal Facebook profile, I can't add you to these interest lists. Off limits. Totally off limits. Because, you know, you, you can't share friends' information unless they've chosen to make that available. And one of the things that Facebook has decided to do is saying you can't add a friend to your interest list unless they've turned on their subscribe button. Right. And so, uh, but still, this is still very cool. Um, So I see there are pages and friends and what are subscriptions? Is that, can I actually add a, what, what is a subscription? Um, Oh, I know what subscription is. It's where I am not friends with somebody, but I did choose to subscribe to their updates. Yes. And that's why we, that's what we were just talking about is you want to have, we want people to allow the subscribe button. Like if you think you're a thought leader or want to be one, I guess I should say, or both, then you should add the subscribe button or turn it on, I should say, on your personal profile so that the things that you deem public you still have the ability to say just friends for certain posts, but you any you can then tag uh, certain posts when you make them as public, and then your subscribe button will deliver the only public updates to anybody and everybody who is subscribing to you or who is seeing that through your subscribe button being included on interest lists. Yep. So 
this is just a facilitate interest list to me seems like a really great way to facilitate uh, the spreading of your subscribe button. Right. So, and you know what? And I'm looking over here. So not only can I choose from the pe- from the pages that I like this people that I'm subscribed to, but haven't reciprocated their friendship or something like that, or I chose not to request friendship. I just uh, decided to subscribe or my friend, so I can choose from those three. But I look over here on the left, they also have categories. And so I can click on books and I can actually look at what appears to be other brands on there that I can randomly choose. Like for example, I can see Seth Godin. So I could put down, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, marketing, uh, for example. I could create a marketing interest list. And certainly Seth Godin, it wasn't somebody that I was subscribed to. I'm not friends with, I'm not, I'm not liking his, you know, his fan page. It's not because I don't like him, but I didn't even think to go look for Seth Godin on Facebook because honestly, I'm not a huge Facebook user myself. But now I see Seth Godin's in here as because I did click on books and I could click on business and I see Apple Inc. Again, crazy enough, I'm not even following their fan page, but now I could add them easily to an interest list. Okay, so we have an interest list as a podcaster and, and and we've created these things. So now what do we do? What what good is it? Why should we be concerned about this as marketers or as people who are extending our brands? What what can we do with these lists once we've created them? Well, now that you've you what you can do is create lists around your niche or multiple niches that that you have. And then you broadcast that those lists are available to your audience to where they can subscribe to them as well as that then helps spread to their friends. Right. So, I, you know, obviously I'm a podcaster and and I could create a podcasting interest list. Now, folks, don't, please don't hold your breath. I probably won't do this anytime soon. Again, I am not a big Facebook user myself. It's, it's just not my platform of choice. I'm a Twitter guy and I syndicate all my stuff out to Facebook and I will comment on any comments that you make. But chances are I'm, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on Facebook. It's just not my thing. However, if I wanted to, I could create a podcasting interest list and I could find, you know, the, I, I could go and curate maybe the top 10 sources of information on Facebook that might be of great interest to podcasters. And as a result, I could, and, and by the way, we did check, I could even add myself to that list if I wanted to. Mm-hmm. Um and and I could share that with people. And then all of a sudden, I've become the curator of a list that becomes extremely valuable to an entire community of people around my industry. Right. So that's one way to do this. Um, the other thing that it says to do is like, well, like, for example, Leo Laporte. Let's just say Leo Laporte. He, he is definitely somebody I want on my uh, Facebook list. The article says that you should encourage thought leaders to add the subscribe button to their personal profile. So what if Leo Laporte uh, did not have the subscribe feature built in and he decided, I only want to share Facebook with my close personal friends that I really know and family. So he has no subscribe button. And now maybe he's got a Facebook fan page, but you really want the personal Leo Laporte. He's a thought leader in my industry. So the article is saying we should reach out to them to ask them to turn that on. And they still have the ability to share pretty much everything only with the people that they are friends with on Facebook. But they could choose to open up and allow some updates to be public. Is that right? Right. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's basically like I said before, with, with subscribe, it's going to pick up and allow everything that you mark on your timeline as public, but then there's still the ability that anything that you mark as for friends only or friends of friends to to that certain extent of privacy, that will not get sent out or syndicated to your subscribe button and anybody who's subscribed to it. The next thing the article says is what? to What are we supposed to do to your Facebook fan page if it, or on your Facebook fan page to your community? You want to promote the idea or the option that they can go to your fan page and on the far right, there's a little uh, widget or a little uh, drop down next to message and they can click that and then up pops add to interest list. So they can add, you want to promote that they can add your fan page to their interest lists. Here's the one thing I see about this suggestion right here. 
and that is you and I, Eric, we're we're up to date now on the interest list and the podcast answer man community is now up to date on what an interest list is. Right. The average person on Facebook, are they really going to get this? Not necessarily. Not yet. And, and to be honest, there's people out there, even though Twitter lists have been around for a long time, they don't really use them. Yeah. The, the, I, I see this as potentially valuable, but I honestly, I, I'm maybe I'm just getting up to become an, a cranky old man because you know, I, I am almost 40 now. Yeah. But well, you got to ask yourself this. First off, will I use it? I won't. But then past that point, will others use it or potentially use it? Here And here's the one thing I learned is just because I'm not going to use it, I still want to get the word out there about the community. Right. Um, I certainly know my great friend, Stephen Cross, member of the podcast mastermind. He's like the other day, I'm like, dude, I just not, you know what? I, I just don't like Google Plus. And, <laughs> and I just don't see myself really actively engaging in it. And... I'm not really concerned all that much about it right now. And he was like, but you got to understand there's this SEO, you know, and there's, you know, Google plus stuff happening and putting things on the top. And, and I understand that, but I, you know, I'm more about building my brand through relationships, through word of mouth and, and stuff like that. And organically, organically, instead of mechanically. Exactly. And, and, but, but here's the thing. I know that a good, I'd say 60, 65% of the podcast answer man community, they are addicted to SEO. They want to mm-hmm. be on the front page of, of Google. They, they want to be at the top of the list. And for them, they need to be using Google Plus because of that. And potentially those same people would want to use every, they want to squeeze every little bit of marketability out of every service that's out there. And here's the thing. Remember those suggested lists that were there? Yeah. The the ones that are there today, the, I mean, that, that are at the top, I, I know there was one that had 10,000 subscribers to the interest list, but some of the other suggested ones only had about 1,500, 2,000 subscribers. So there's a good chance that you could create a, an interest list early on, and if you could get two or 3,000 people to subscribe to your list, there's a good chance that you'd make it to the top of the pile if you're an early adopter in the facebook suggested list yeah it 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 almost reminds me of the good old days of itunes where you can get enough subscriptions or uh five-star reviews to where you become featured and then suddenly you've got this huge inflow of new listeners right so so anyway um one of the things that they're, they're saying is that you yes you can promote to your facebook fan page community that you have these add to you can have this ability to add us to your interest list the one thing that y'all need to remember is that if they're adding you to your to an interest list the question is what interest list are they adding you to and i think to be able to be a quality addition to somebody's interest list it kind of forces you to be focused with what you share in your updates Mm -hmm. Uh, so so you must always and this is one of the things that hubspot points out that you must be must be creating a must subscribe content rich Facebook presence. But here's the thing. If your brand is one where your your brand covers a multitude of topics, it's going to be hard for people to put you in an Apple related uh, interest list. If you talk about Apple, Windows, Android and all kinds of other gadgets. Right. Unless your your only desire is to get into a general tech gadget kind of um interest list but yeah so anyway interest list all right so do you plan on using them eric just just for right out of the gate i well to be honest i don't typically look to facebook for um marketing marketing i look to it for relationships yeah and so i'm not necessarily going to jump on board and create a uh you know a, an interest list for me to check in and see, well, what's going on in the news or certain people or places. That's what my RSS feed subscribe subscriptions are for. Right. So, well, there you go, my friends, we have brought you the news of Facebook interest lists. I'll have a link to the HubSpot article that Eric has uh, pointed out for us. And I will put all of this into the show notes. And here's what we want to know from you. Are you going to be taking a deeper look into interest list? Let us know in the comments section. Eric, once again, my friend, thank you so much for digging 
up the latest and greatest in social media news and uh, keeping us surprised of all the things that we need to know about. You're welcome. It's been my pleasure. Okay, so now we're going to turn our attention to two uh, important things about speaking announcements, things that I'm going to be doing. Remember, I told you I like to speak and, um, you know, get my get the word out about my brand through speaking engagements. And one of the things that I finally got confirmation on, I was added as a speaker for PodCamp Nashville. That's happening on April 14th, 2012 downtown Nashville, Tennessee. So I do want to let you know I will be at PodCamp Nashville. I know a lot of you guys have been waiting to hear whether or not I was coming before you made decision to, to travel all the way to Nashville yourself. So good news, I will be there and I look forward to seeing you there. In fact, if you wouldn't mind, go to podcastanswerman.com forward slash 254 podcastanswerman.com forward slash 254 and in the comment section, let me know that you're coming so I know to look out for you when we get to Nashville. Uh, head over to podcampnashville.com and get registered. I think it's absolutely free. I don't think you have to pay a single penny to go. Podcamps are a great place to go. And um, yeah, so check it out. And then I want to give you a real quick update on Blog World. I want to let you know that I have had a ton of phone calls lately. In fact, so far I've talked to 30 people on the telephone and next week I'm going to be talking to 24 more people. And just to give you a sample of some of the sessions that I've uh, already got confirmed for Blog World NYC, there is the 411 on recording and producing a great interview by Rob Walsh. Uh, We have video podcasting, what you need to know. Perry Lawrence is going to talk about camera options, lighting options, uh, and, and all kinds of other things about the basics of video podcasting. There is going to be a session on the multiple ways to monetize your podcast. In fact, there are actually going to be two different monetization panels, one led by Rob Walsh from Libsyn and one led by T. Morris, uh, who is the author or co-author, a co-author of uh, Podcasting for Dummies. And so that's going to be a session there. There's going to be a session on how science fiction podcasting can create a better tomorrow by David Curley, and he is actually going to be hosting a panel discussion on that, Uh, and David Curley is from Geek's Guide to the Galaxy. He actually does this podcast, which has now been uh, uh, brought into the Wired Magazine brand. So uh, Karen Hogue, my great friend from Denmark and also Podcast Mastermind member, Uh, Karen is actually putting together a podcast about podcasting to a global audience. She's actually going to have panelists who are from outside of the United States and giving advice on how we as U.S.-centered, centric podcasters can think more globally when we're sharing our message with the world. And then, of course, we have how podcasters have landed their dream jobs with their online efforts uh, my good friend Leslie Samuel, he was featured here on Where Are They Now uh, podcast interview where he became a university professor as a result of his uh, online efforts. Katie Davis is le- going to be leading a panel discussion on women in podcasting and the women that she's putting together looks pretty dynamic. Uh, I am super stoked and excited about why bloggers should be should consider adding a podcast to their brand. That title is still up in the air. But anyway, this is a, pot, uh, a panel discussion uh, by Pat Flynn from SmartPassiveIncome.com, Derek Halpern from SocialTriggers.com, Adam Baker from ManVersusDebt.com, and Katie Davis from KatieDavis.com. That is going to be an amazing panel, and I'm so excited to help get the word out about podcasting to existing bloggers who have not yet entered the podcasting realm. And then, of course, I will be leading a session called Building a Community Around Your Podcast, and there are going to be a lot. In fact, there are going to be 24 different sessions all devoted to podcasting at Blog World NYC, and of course, I want to just remind you that Blog World is coming up on June 5th, 6th, and 7th. Head over to podcastanswerman.com. You'll see a link over on the right-hand side, a big, gigantic image that says, I'm speaking at Blog World. Click on that and make sure that you use promo code GSPN10 when you uh, are signing up. You'll get 10% off by using promo code GSPN10. 
And not only that, but you'll be wanting to purchase the three-day blogger slash podcaster pass. That's the one I recommend for you. And it's very affordable this year, even if you missed the March 22nd deadline. It's still extremely affordable, and you can get 10% off using promo code GSPN10. And also, next week, I should be able to officially announce the name and the place where you can go and find the brand new podcast that I'm going to be launching that is devoted, it's solely devoted to the podcasting track of Blog World and New Media Expo. And I'm actually going to be recording the first episode offline, not live in front of an audience, but offline today with Rick Calvert, CEO and co-founder of Blog World. And we're going to talk about the podcasting track, its history so far with the with the conference and where it's going moving forward. I'm so super excited about that. So that's the Blog World update. And you know what? I had an interesting story about Kickstarter. I'm going to move that on to next week. And with that, I am going to go ahead and click this music. I recognize that I'm already over an hour. And I just want to say real quickly, uh, word of thanks to those of you who, again, are using my affiliate link for Bluehost uh, every single week now. It's so nice. I I can't believe just mentioning this each week, how much this has brought it to the forefront of your mind and in your attention. Uh, As you guys know, I get a very generous commission when somebody goes and uses my affiliate link for Bluehost. Uh, and uh, I, th- this week we have NavigateTheNoise.com, TSCN.TV, and AHappyHomeMedia.com. Those three brands have used my affiliate link to sign up for a Bluehost hosting account. If you just go over to PodcastAnswerMan.com, and I believe, let's see here, where, where do we put that? It's under resources. So PodcastAnswerMan.com. And then click on resources up there. You'll see my affiliate link. Thank you to those of you who have done just that. That is so awesome. Well, my friends, that's going to wrap it up for this episode. I hope to see you at Blog World NYC. I hope to see many of you also at PodCamp Nashville. And I will be back again next week with more podcasting about podcasting. Until then, my friends, I encourage you to take your show to the next level.